Welcome back to Trending in Education. Dan Strafford, Michael Palmer here with you on this episode as today we talk about Sans Forgetica, a new font, a new typeface out of MRIT Melbourne, uh, out of the University in Melbourne. Uh, we will talk to two of the team members who came up with this idea momentarily. Mike, how are you doing? You sent me a text message in this font to make sure I remembered we were recording and I appreciate that. How are you doing yeah. on this podcast? I'm I'm good. I'm I'm uh, I'm surprisingly like locked in. I'm, I'm like I'm cognitively super sharp for like a. We're we're recording this on a Sunday, although I think our guests are so sharp, they're already in Monday. So like, yeah. uh, this is like uh, this is fantastic. And like, talk about trending in education. I mean, this is like psychology. This is learning. This is uh, business performance. Uh, it's got Australia. It's got this. This is like everything. So, uh, so super excited to have the conversation and uh, yeah, excited to talk to our guests. And those guests are uh, Dr. Joe Perryman and Dr. Yannicka Blalevens, who uh, comes to us both from MRIT in Melbourne. Ladies, thanks so much for coming on the show. We appreciate the time. Uh, if you don't mind, maybe here at the top, uh, some of your background to sort of set the stage for the conversation. Uh, Joe, if you don't mind going first, just to give a, a quick brief background, uh, maybe how uh, what your career has been and, and how you came to be a part of this team. Absolutely. So I'm a behavioral economist. Um, what we do is <laughs> we apply um, psychology to economic decision making. And uh, my main method of inquiry is running economic experiments. And um, so I'm the chair of the RMIT Behavioral Business Lab. Um, which is where we tested this Sanspergetica font and I worked um, together to help uh, design the font itself and also to run the testing here in our lab. So I'm Yannicka, uh, I work, at, I'm going to correct you at RMIT University. Oh. <laughs> Not MIT. <laughs> um, uh, my background is a little bit eclectic in that I have a master's in cognitive psychology and a PhD at a design school and I'm now in a business school. And I am a founder member at the Behavioral Business Lab, um, but uh, my uh, research is mainly on how we can design products that people appreciate, uh, mainly industrial design, but uh, I'm venturing into typography as we speak. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, I guess my um, contribution to this is really translating the psychological uh, and cognitive processing of the brain uh, and translating that towards an actual design of a font and uh, utilizing design principles to do so. And what was the impetus for this project? What was that, uh, the project kickoff or what were the, the steps that came to be that, that set these wheels in motion? I know it's a diverse team that you brought together there at RMIT um, and that you made sure to uh, bring a lot of different voices, a lot of different visions in. What was the, the kickoff? What was the starting point for you uh, both in creating this team and moving it forward? Uh, well, the whole work was a collaboration between the two of us and uh, Stephen Banham, uh, who's a lecturer in the School of Design here. He's a specialist in typography, and so what he does is make fonts. Um, and the idea came when we realised that we could apply our, um, some principles from psychology. Um, in particular, we were looking at breaking design rules. We thought, okay, if we could break some design rules, we would put it together for a font. Access could be more memorable. And we thought, we got very excited by this idea because we thought this would be a great way to help students to study. Exams are coming up in Australia in the next couple of months. 
Um, so it was very timely. I mean, it was a very quick project. We've only started this back in June, July. Um, so it's all a bit of a, a whirlwind, whirlwind. And so we were at um, also so RMIT um, media team and, and external partner as well. Um, that put together the um, uh, the, the Saves for Getica website where you can download the font. So we worked with them. Um, and it's, it's been a very exciting and um, interesting project. I've learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it seems, uh, this is my, it seems uh, amazing. And also it seems like, uh, you know, we it's a trend-setting show and like, trend spotting show excuse me when we're at our best we're trend setting but we're usually spotting it but you guys you guys seem like you're setting it so like how um how surprised are you by the amount of ten attention you're getting we're well we're very surprised i mean we, we we do our research and of course we had a we we had a inkling of a feeling that this was going to be very good and people might pick up on it uh, but we didn't expect uh, this much attention. Um, but it's been really great, of course. We don't only love the media attention, but because of that, we've been approached by researchers across the world that we can now work with to test this further in different uh, applications. So for us, it's been amazing uh, from a research perspective, but also the media. It seems like you guys aren't particularly uh, theoretical. You know, you're trying to ground the work in like good science and good research, but then you have the ability to to do like real life practice and your what you've discovered seems like it's broadly useful and you're giving it away so like can you can you explain a little bit of that because like that's it seems fantastic but like maybe there's a model here so like i'd be i'd be a little curious to, to understand like the the nature of the lab too and like uh, any any ways in which the lab is maybe different from uh, from other stuff that's going on I think in the lab we are very um, real life focused. Um, we, we do like to run projects that are useful for people in the real world. Um, so we, like you say, we're not just theoretical, we are all researchers, but um, the projects that we get really excited about are the ones that we work with external partners and we actually get to roll out in the real world. Um, I think what is very, uh, um, uh, what makes us unique is that we have people in this lab from different disciplines. So we mm -hmm. have people in psychology, in marketing, design, uh, behavioral economists and behavioral finance researchers. And mm -hmm. uh, this uh, is completely different from most of the behavioral economics labs that are ex explicitly behavioral economics or just psychology labs. So we are yep. bringing together these different disciplines and, uh, and I think that helps us come up with quite innovative research uh, outcomes. And it also helps us attract industry uh, contracts that are really interested in this more applied type of research that we do. I especially like the connection to uh, design, you know, because frequently uh, like organizational research or psychological research isn't necessary. It's more like abstract or maybe about the mind. And this is sort of applying more to something very real that people can look at. So like people can immediately look at your font uh, also, which was brilliantly named. So like we do need to, to get into get into that in, in a little bit. But um, but yeah, it's um and then any like the, there's some basic concepts that are probably uh, useful for people who are listening too, because we have a lot of folks who like uh, to learn uh, when they listen to the show. So uh, there's the idea of uh, desirable difficulty. Is that right? So so can you guys talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So desirable difficulty um, is we throw in some obstruction to the learning process to make the learning process more difficult. Which, I mean, it sounds a little bit counterintuitive to say, hey, we're making things a bit more difficult, but the idea is that by adding the right amount 
of difficulty will cause the brain to engage more when it reads the font. Uh, what we've done is backslant the font, which is a little bit unusual. We're not used to, used to seeing italics for a forward slant, but not a backslant. And we've also put gaps in the letters, so it gives the brain a bit of a puzzle to solve when we read in Sanskritica. And the idea of desirable difficulty is that we try and find the sweet spot of difficulty, not too difficult, not too easy. If the font's too easy, we feel like we've read it, but we haven't really engaged, and therefore the memory doesn't stick in our mind. But at the same time, if it's too difficult, uh, we can't create a memory to begin with because we can't process information at all. <laughs> it's too hard to, to absorb. So desirable difficulty means just getting the exact right amount, which is what we achieved. <laughs> you're talking already about um, what outcomes you're getting. How, how are people uh, reacting to it and how people are, are learning from it? I, I believe I saw that it was 57% effective as opposed to 50% effective. If those numbers are wrong, correct me, of course. But um, you're seeing some good numbers already. But being you talked about kickoff in June, really mm -hmm. pushing you through in July, and now we're here in, in October, I assume this is a very much an ongoing uh, attempt to understand how this is and obviously now offering it for free you have a pretty large sample size that's slowly going to come in uh, which I assume will influence your research as you go forward how, how active is it right now how active is it so we, we ran two experiments and those give us some preliminary insights I would say into how this all works and especially whether we were able to translate this psychological principle into design principles and then into a form uh, helps memory. Um, we are currently getting a lot of um, reactions from people, for example, with dyslexia. Uh, we expected not uh, this not to be good for people with dyslexia because it becomes even more difficult. But uh, we've been getting quite a few uh, people saying that this is actually helping them um, a lot while reading and focusing and remembering. So we would be very keen into looking into that, for example. So the, what, what is happening is we're getting a lot of ideas from real people with real life uh, situations that we would love to solve. And I hope, hope that we can now get the funds to do those things and really help uh, all those different people in the different applications that we could uh, reach, as well as, of course, continue to replicate and validate our results. Did you guys... Uh have any names that didn't make it through? Like any, uh, any like losers uh, among your, your name ideas? Or any of them that you care to share? Uh, I was, name, huh? <laughs> yeah. Not among the name ideas. No, okay. So name, yeah. Actually, our, our external partner um, were the people that come up with the name. So we thought this was brilliant. So we can't take credit for that, unfortunately. Uh, um, yeah. But there were, we did test um, Sansegetica against a couple of other fonts that were the loser fonts. Um, so that was where there was one where we just had gaps, but no backslant. So that was perhaps not difficult enough. Um, and in that case, we had 69%, um, um, sorry, 61% memory retention compared to 69% Pisces Federica. And the other font we tried was perhaps too difficult because it had um, gaps in it, as well as backslant, as well as asymmetry, which is mm. where the letters don't quite line up. So I think that one was maybe pushing it a bit too far. Got 61% yeah. yeah. yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what Sans Regretica would be. Uh, so, like, <laughs> if, uh, you know, maybe you guys are Sans Regretica because uh, you, did, you did such a good job with Sans Regretica. Uh, but, oh, wow. um, yeah, but um, do you, 
I, so I guess the, the work will continue is the idea, or do you think you've sort of perfected in this version of Sans uh, Forgetica, or is it that like we know this one works best, but you continue to kind of sharpen, sharpen the, the spear a little bit, or you want different, uh, maybe for different uses? Like, like I, don't know, I don't know where you guys are thinking about uh, heading next. Yeah, um, we, we still need to test it in a real life context as well. So, so far we've just, we've done a lab experiment and an online experiment. So the next step would be testing it perhaps with real students when they're studying for their exams and also trying different contexts. Um, mm -hmm. So as well as helping students to study and help um, organisations with their training materials for employees to make certain bits of information um, memorable and um, to make key facts stand out. Um, perhaps even dyslexia and looking into um, helping people that have, have reading difficulties would be amazing if we could make an impact in that area. And probably right now is the first thing is um, to do this in different languages. Yeah, that's fascinating. I hadn't even thought of like uh, more pictorial, like, like, you know, like Chinese and uh, Japanese too, you know, where like, I wonder even how we process that kind of stuff. Wow, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's fascinating. Um, and uh, yeah, the, I, I guess I did want to get in a little bit on the, the use cases too, because it did seem like as a study aid, in particular, like I already started thinking about it, like if I'm taking my own notes, you know, I do find, and this is just, you know, uh, an N of one, but I find in my own uh, life, when I take notes in handwritten, I typically process it more deeply than when I type it. Yeah. But, but I was thinking in this case, maybe you could type in Sans Forgetica, like almost paraphrase in your own words and then read it back. Like that, it does seem like there's some like learning interventions that'll be really, really useful. Um, but I guess uh, it's still early stages, right? Like, you know, there's a difference and now it's sort of like, maybe that's even something we could ask our listeners and we could be thinking about is like, how, how would you use uh, a font like this? Well, at this stage, we recommend um, just to use it as a highlighter. So, uh -huh. uh, for example, to try and highlight a key definition or a formula that you need to remember for your exam. Um, mm -hmm. So rather than converting your whole study notes into Sans Forgetica, we think it works best where just one section is highlighted. Mm -hmm. um, so in our online experiment, we found when a section was highlighted, well, written in Sans Forgetica, mm -hmm. um, and we, we quizzed people on the information that was written in these texts, we found that the sections presented in Sans Forgetica were, um, they scored higher on the quiz compared to sections written in um, Arial, um, standard font. Um, so we think it does work good as a highlighter, but we think if you convert your whole study notes to Sans Forgetica, it might become too difficult, too time mm -hmm. consuming, too frustrating to, to read right. the whole thing. Um, so, so far we think as a highlighter. Sure, um, but like you say, there could be other ideas that, that we could test. We were speculating before, like reading a novel in Sans Forgetica, <laughs> you, might, you might remember it, but it would, it would hurt too much, right? So, uh, painful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, uh, the thing to remember about this font as well is that we work with the Baxland on the basis of the principle of typicality or principle of prototypicality, which means that uh, um, when some things become atypical, our brain finds it more difficult to process. If you were to be reading in Sansuketika all the time, then that principle mm -hmm. is no longer broken and you'll mm -hmm. get more used to it and that may reduce the effect a little bit. So we recommend using it sparingly in that sense to, to maintain that effect that you want to get from it. 
That's awesome. Uh, you know, so our listeners understand with great power comes great responsibility. So we can, yes. <laughs> uh, we can encourage them. Don't, don't overuse it. But when you're really trying to burn something into your brain, it's a, it's a good, it's a good um, study aid in, in, in that, in that sense. Um, we're an audio show. Uh, so uh, like any thoughts about how this might translate or how this might, uh, there might be similar things for other, uh, other modes of perception? Well, uh, I, I guess auditory is what you are uh, uh, trying to look for. Um, well, I think we're all um, pretty, you know, we, we're all experienced in uh, talking to people on the phone and it breaks up. You know, connection is not quite good. Perhaps that is one way uh, in which uh, we are increasing memory of what people are saying. Although I have the feeling that once things become frustrating, we start to focus more on frustration rather than memory. So um, if we were to mimic something like that, it would have to be a pleasurable interruption. Any, uh, any advice to other researchers out there uh, or any uh, um, sort of lessons learned that you think, uh, they, like, a lot of our listeners are interested in what's going on in the world and some of them are sort of educational researchers or people interested in learning in media. Um, any, uh, any advice uh, to those folks? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say, um, I mean, before we got involved in this project, um, I guess we're a little bit, all, all three of us, a little bit apprehensive um, in working, because uh, we're from such diverse backgrounds. I'm an economist, Yannicka's in psychology, and Stephen is in typography. So usually I think those three things just don't go together at all. So we're a little bit unsure about how we would work together. Um, but the collaboration, it went really smoothly. We all seemed to get on well and um, got a great result. So I guess I would encourage people not to be scared to work um, people from um, other areas on, on ideas that might seem crazy. Um, give them a go. Um, yeah. So yeah, it sounded a little bit sort of far-fetched at first, but um, I would encourage people to, to try them, test them, see what works. Yeah, I'm, I'm of the belief that innovation and impact happen when you bring different people together with completely different thought worlds. So that would be analytical thinking with creative thinking together, design yeah. with psychology and uh, behavioral economics together. That is what creates impact. And I would encourage everyone to do it. I know universities always say that they want it, but it is incredibly difficult to do, mm -hmm. uh, especially because we're still siloed in publishing in journals, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would encourage people to do it and uh, because it is fun and you get mm -hmm. to make a real difference. And I think that's what we all want eventually as researchers. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, we talk a lot about the importance of cognitive diversity and uh, uh, cross-functional teaming. And it sounds like you guys are really... Uh, a great example of uh, of of those things really being put into practice. Um, I, I think this that might be my last question. You guys are fantastic. Uh, okay. I do want uh, I want Dan uh, Dan maybe to bring it home. But thanks again for taking the time. Uh, really appreciate it. No problem. Nice to talk to you. You made mention, and as we are wrapping here, you made mention before about sort of breaking the font, right, and the idea of breaking a process to fix it or or to find what's next in it. How do you break this? How do you, what's the next steps for uh, you all in this group to, to break it, move it forward, or find the next project or the next uh, mm. venture that you'll be working on? Well, I guess first some advice for people using the font and they become too, more, too familiar with it. 
this is based on basic uh, perceptual psychology and design. So if you are using Sanskritica and it's becoming too easy, perhaps what you can do is work on the principle of contrast. So maybe put the font in white on a yellow background. It has less contrast and makes it a bit more difficult to read at that point. But you can keep working on that and be creative in making this font more difficult to read as you get used to it more, I would say. And then um, for us breaking in this research, uh, I think it has to be paired with some, you know, validation, replication, and, and, mm -hmm. and really good rigorous research. And then also some creativity with our partners uh, that we have here. And I, I'm sure you'll hear much more about this from us. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> Got lots of ideas for yeah, testing. Um, not so, like, like you said before about auditory, we'd love to do some, some tests of different um, stimulus rather than just reading. Yeah, we're, we we volunteer our show. We'll we'll play our show in uh, whatever sans auditoria, whatever whatever it is. Uh, awesome, thank you. Cool. Thanks so much for the time, uh, Dr. Joe Perryman, Dr. Yannicka Blylevens. Uh, we really appreciate it. We will look forward to uh, more news. Uh, you you all have been very much uh, front and center in education and learning news. We look forward to more on it, and hopefully we can talk again in the future uh, with what's next. Sounds thank good. You. Thanks so much. And that's going to do it for this episode of Trending in Education, a great one talking about Sans Forgetica. We appreciate the time uh, all the way there in Melbourne. Don't forget, find us on Twitter at Trending in Ed. Same on Facebook. You can always find us at trendinginteducation.com. And uh, listen every week. Subscribe, like, and rate over there on iTunes, Stitcher. Tune in all those different platforms where you can listen to this podcast and share it with a friend. With that said, we'll be back next time right here on Trending in Education.